Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Mark Batterson, in that book that I told you to get, Wild Goose Chase, says this. We need to quit living as if the purpose of life was to arrive safely at death. What destroys fear? One thing, faith in God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. Why are you here in this service today? I'm teaching in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. From the time people are born, they're taught to fear death. You're told not to do this or that thing because you might die. Don't take that steel walking job. It's really dangerous. Don't become a missionary. It's a lot less safe than staying in America. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about how that attitude is unbiblical and keeps Christ's followers from achieving the things God wants from them. You'll find out how to overcome those ingrained attitudes and really live for Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message. Follow Jesus. Live dangerously today. What happened while he had been in the synagogue? Look who gets saved. Look who becomes a follower. Crispus, the synagogue ruler in his entire household, believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians, that's where he was in Corinth, evil city, who heard him, believed and were baptized. Paul was living dangerously by sharing the good news with the Jews. Then he went to the Gentiles. But when this leader of the synagogue and his whole family became believers... That just opened up all these doors for Paul, but it really got Satan mad. And so there was all kinds of turmoil happening. Now, Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, doesn't tell us. Something began to scare Paul. He began to be afraid. The Apostle Paul was afraid. So much so that it seems, when we'll read this next verse, That Paul is so afraid, he's going to leave Corinth. He's going to shut his mouth. He's not going to teach. He's not going to preach. And he's going to go to another city. That sounds unlike Paul. And yet, that's what happened. Remember, Paul said, I never arrived yet. I've never arrived. Well, look what happens in verse 9. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. When is fear the worst? It's always at night. Those of you that have kids, you'll learn that. When those kids get sick, it always seems to be at 2 a.m. in the morning, doesn't it? Dark, can't get anywhere, emergency rooms jam, and you just get fearful. 
Paul's fearful. God knows it. God's going to come to him. Now, what do you think God's going to say to the Apostle Paul who's fearful? Paul, you're my main man. What's up with you? You're preaching to have faith in God, but you're fearful. What is wrong with you? No, God doesn't condemn Paul. That's a real encouragement because I get afraid. You get afraid. We haven't arrived yet. Notice what God says to him in the vision. Look at verse 9. Paul, do not be afraid. Why would God ask Paul not to be afraid? See if you can get this context. Because Paul was, tell me. Oh, very good. Three of you. Good. Let's try it again. Why would God come and say to you, don't be afraid? Because you are what? Afraid. Afraid. Do you know that God knows some of you in this room right now are afraid? And he's speaking peace to you. I don't know what you're afraid of or what you're fearful of. But he says to Paul, Paul, don't be afraid. Notice what he says. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Paul was so afraid he was going to stop speaking. He was going to close his mouth and he was going to leave. We cannot live dangerously today if we live with fear. Next thing I want you to write is simply this. If I am going to live dangerously today, I have to not only let go of the past, my accomplishments, and my failures, but I have to let go of fear. You see, we're all afraid sometimes. Paul hadn't arrived. We haven't arrived. When fear comes into my life, when it comes into your life, it paralyzes me. And pretty soon, all the focus is on me. It's not on ministry. God knew that Paul was fearful, and he came with words of encouragement and comfort to restore him. Mark Batterson, in that book that I told you to get, Wild Goose Chase, says this, we need to quit living as if the purpose of life was to arrive safely at death. What destroys fear? One thing, faith in God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. Why are you here in this service today? I'm teaching in the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. In this service, you'll be challenged not to be fearful. You'll be challenged to live dangerously today. You'll be challenged to move from the past, to make your relationship with God fresh and current right now. I'm going to give you some homework, but I want to ask you this question, and I don't want you to use it in your devotional this week. Just write it down and think about it a couple mornings quietly when you're having your coffee or tea, whatever you have. Here's the question. Here's the homework. If you knew you could not fail, what would you attempt for God? You know, most people don't try what God asks them to do. Now, I'm not talking about you thinking, hmm, what I'd like to do, God. I'm not really to doubt. Here's what I'd like to do for you, God. No, no, no. You ask God what he wants you to do for him. I remember back in the 80s, we had this saying, find out what God's doing and get behind it. Don't try to find out what you need to do. Find out what God's doing. So ask God this week, God, what did you want me to do? It could be that you sign up for the kids' ministry. Live dangerously. See what God's going to do with you ministering to children, fresh and alive, wonderful. So ask God this week, God, Am I not living dangerous? 
Most people don't share the gospel because they're afraid. You have to be bold. We'll see that in a moment. Now, look what else God says in verse 10. Paul, you don't have to be afraid, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you. Because I, God, have many people in this city. I think that's, that gives us two explanations. One, God says to Paul, Paul, don't, don't stop speaking. Because there are many in this city of Corinth that will become believers. If you keep sharing, I already know sovereignly that many people are going to come to Christ. Do you know it's always a surprise to me or whoever speaks on this campus But God already knows this morning, when I give the altar call, he already knows who's going to accept. Do you know that? He's not making you, but he already knows. He knows the future. That's what God's saying to Paul. Paul, don't stop speaking, because there's lots of people that are going to come to Christ. If you'll just keep sharing, I already know they're coming. Just keep sharing. That's an encouraging word to you and me. Second, I have many people in the city. What else does that mean? I think it means this. Sometimes we think we're the only Christians around. You remember Elijah in the Old Testament? One day Elijah basically said this to God. I'm the only prophet for God. God said, Elijah, quit having a pity party. There's thousands of believers in me in this area. You've done this, haven't you? You've been out walking. You've gone to Walmart. You've gone to Sam's. You go into Publix and you look around the place and what do you see as you're shopping? A bunch of what? Tell me. Red bracelet. Does that discourage you or encourage you? Encourages you. Wow. Look at all these people. As I said, there's over 9,000 already out in Brevard County. Well, that's what God's saying to Paul. Paul, there's plenty of believers in the city. You're not alone. You're not the only one that's fearful. I got this email yesterday. Don't forget to send your stories in. Pastor Mark, I'm a teacher in the public school system. So I was a little apprehensive in the public school system about what I would say if a student would ask about my bracelet. But I decided to live dangerously. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And wear it in class, knowing that God would help me with my words if necessary. As I began to teach my class, one of my little student boys asked about my red bracelet. When I turned around to reply... He proudly held his little red bracelet up. Yes! Isn't that amazing? And so she just goes on and she says, and all of a sudden we looked around and there's a bunch of kids in the room and they got their red braces on in my class. And what are they talking about? Nick on Wednesday night. So she ends it like this. There are so many little Christians alive and well in the public schools. Yes! Amen! We're not alone, guys. Verse 11. Would Paul obey? So Paul stayed for a year and a half. He did obey. Teaching them to live dangerously daily. Now this city that Paul was in was incredibly wicked. If I live dangerously, can the power of God change any life? We forget that. Look at this. Look what Paul would write. He would talk about what was happening in the city in Corinth. Notice, 
Don't you realize that those who do wrong without inherit the kingdom of God, don't fool yourself. Now, he's going to talk about this city in Corinth was known for its sin, sexual sin especially. Look what he says. Those who indulge in sexual sin, it's a lifestyle of sin. Worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheap people. None of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. So he says, that's the city I was in. Looks like I'm not going to make, make any change. But God says, don't be fearful. Just keep sharing the gospel. I can change any life. I love verse 11. It's highlighted in my Bible. Then Paul says this to these people. Some of you were once like that. You're not like that anymore. You're not homosexual anymore. You're not a cheat anymore. You're not a drunkard anymore. You're not an idol worshiper anymore. That's been totally changed. Well, how was it changed? But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. See, that's why Paul stayed. He stayed because the power of the gospel absolutely can change any life. Don't underestimate the power of the gospel in our community. By the way, those lifestyles might as well be Brevard County. Am I right? But God can change any life. Second thing I want you to know today is this. Number two, pray dangerous prayers today. Pray dangerous prayers today. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. What do I mean by a dangerous prayer? It's simply praying God's will in your life. Not your will. God, what do you want for me? He wants to get us out of our comfort zone. Now, as you turn to Acts chapter 4, get down to verse 23. Let me give you a little history of what's taking place. Peter and John had lived dangerously and healed a lame man through God's power. This caused a great opportunity to share Jesus. All kinds of people got saved in Jerusalem. The religious Jews were livid. They arrest Peter and John. Peter gets a chance to teach him again. And he says, there's no other name under heaven where you can be saved and go to heaven, but by the name of Jesus. That makes him even more livid. They were put in jail for a night. Then next morning, they were let go with a warning to stop preaching Jesus. Shut up about this Jesus. Well, what are they going to do? Look at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when all the church heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Notice what they did. When they were threatened... Shut up about this, Jesus. They went back to a church setting like this. Not in a building like this, but the people and said, man, we were just threatened. And they began to pray a dangerous prayer. They didn't go like, God, get us out of here. They said, God, number one, you're sovereign. And they began to pray to God. What is prayer? Prayer is simply two-way communication with God. It's not complicated. They didn't pray a fancy prayer. They didn't have a special suit of clothes on. They didn't have their Bibles open. They didn't have Bibles. They simply said to God, God, you know what's in front of us. We want to live dangerously. So we're going to pray this prayer. We know it's in your will. And we're just going to ask you to do some things in our life. Scoot down to verse 29. Notice what they pray. Now, Lord, 
Consider their threats and enable your servants. What are they asking for? To speak your word with great boldness. They don't pray for deliverance. They pray a dangerous prayer. And they say, God, in spite of all of this, help us to have courage to be filled with the spirit. And while we're sharing the gospel, I've got verse 30 in a different translation. I love it. While we're sharing the gospel, God, you do your thing. Look what it says. And while you, God, stretch out your hand for healing signs, wonders to perform through the name of Jesus, your holy servant. As I'm sharing, God, you just confirm the signs with healings, change lives. And all that says is, do you understand when you step out and live dangerously for God, you're not doing this alone. You're doing it with God. We're a team with God. And so they said, God, while we're doing this, while we're sharing, you do your thing. Here's what you want to write down. We do what we can do. And God does what only he can do. I'm sharing my heart out. I'm sharing what God gave me. I'm sharing truth. I can't change your life. I can't get you to come up front and accept Jesus Christ. But God can. He's the one that's speaking to your heart. The Holy Spirit is there. I can't convict you. The Holy Spirit convicts you. And when you share with a neighbor who says to you, I'm not interested at all. Well, you did your part. God will continue to speak to that person over and over again. So don't get discouraged. Pray dangerous prayers. Pray the way God wants you to pray. Now, notice verse 31. After they pray, after they pray, most of the time we don't have anything because we don't pray. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaking. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now that is a visible sign of God's presence. They said, God, while we share, while we're praying, while we're doing our thing, you do your things. All of a sudden, building shaking. Hey, God did his thing. They didn't shake the building. God did. What was it a sign of? I heard your prayer. I like dangerous prayers. Prayed. You know what our prayers are like? God, feed me, take care of me, take the storm over to here, do this, give me a better job. I'd like that raise, God. Those guys are working for Boeing today, get their strike over quick. Those are all good prayers. That's not a dangerous prayer. A dangerous prayer is, God, use me. Do whatever you want in my life so the kingdom of God can be expanded. God, in the meantime, help me to be a good husband. That's a dangerous prayer. <laughs> a submissive wife, even more dangerous. And a successful parent of teenagers. Now that's in the realm of impossible without God. Am I right? But is it a good prayer to pray? Absolutely. It's prayer. I'm going to get on that plane tomorrow with Linda. And I'm not praying for business class. That'd be nice. I'm praying I'll be useful with this on in the airplane. I mean, one of the flights, you're 13 and a half hours sitting next to people who are zombies for 13 and a half hours. There'll be opportunities. I'm praying for it. It's a dangerous prayer. Where are they going to go? <laughs> They're not going to stop me off at the local airport. There aren't any. We're going overseas forever. Now, here's number three. Number three, boldly share the good news today. Turn to Acts chapter five. Why are we to do this? Because people are searching. 
People don't have answers to life. People are looking for hope, for forgiveness, for a new start. We have the answer. In Acts chapter 5, as you go down to verse 40, God began to answer prayers. The apostles were put in jail. That night, an angel came and released them. Where do they go? They go right back out to the very same street that day, and they start witnessing again. When the Jewish leaders come to judge them, they discover they're not in jail. They go to the street. They're doing exactly what they were told not to do. They rearrest him. And when they bring him in, notice what they say in verse 28. Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? He demanded, instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him. That's our goal. We're here to fill Brevard County with a teaching about Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to bring hope and forgiveness and only thing that's going to give people a new upside down. Now, we're doing that from the kids. That's why I'm asking you to get involved in the kids' ministry. I want to show you a group of leaders here in Fusion. Pastor Bo leads Fusion. It's a 20 to 30-somethings. If you've never been and you're that age group, get out there and hear the word of God. There's 150, 200 kids there. This is the leadership of Fusion. Look at them. That generation needs God. But you know the 50-plus people need God? The little kids need God. Here's a teacher in her school with her great kids. They need God. The public school needs God. And by the way, every child that's born needs God. They're lost without him. Well, they respond and, and they say to him, shut up about this Jesus. And Peter, famous, went up time, turns to the leaders and he says this, you're not our boss. We have to obey God rather than you. And the next thing we see, look at verse 40. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now the apostles left the Sanhedrin, griping and complaining. Is that what it says? They left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Satan hates the name of Jesus. There's no salvation apart from that name. Look at verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. We have five C's as a part of our fellowship here. Here's one of the C's. Communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. You see, the good news is the only message that offers forgiveness, hope, a new start, grace, you don't deserve it, you can't earn it, and the guarantee of heaven. When we share the good news consistently, lives will change. Pastor Mark showed in his teaching today that even men like the Apostle Paul can become fearful. While that's comforting, what's more important is that God encouraged Paul and helped him get over his fear. It's critical to remember that God can do the same for you. Pastor Mark reminded you that the way to live dangerously today is to leave the past, the good and the bad, behind. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up Pastor Mark's series, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously. We hope that it's been challenging to you and encouraged you to dig into God's Word to find out what He wants you to do. There's been plenty of information and instruction in this series, and we hope that you'll go back over it and put out what you need to begin living dangerously for God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.